Hello, and welcome to Quad Trivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Corey with Third Degree Entertainment. I'm Tipster, host and land penguin at the Pinnacle Larder, floating somewhere out in the Antarctic Ocean. I'm Jeff with RMT Trivia in Chicago. And I'm Calvin with Footnote Trivia over in San Francisco. And welcome to the episode. How have you been, Calvin? It's been, uh, I don't know, 15 weeks since we were on an episode together. (laughs) (laughs) What's new with you, Uh. man? Well, I have been rather busy outside of trivia-related things. I recently moved to a new apartment here in San Francisco. I only moved like six blocks, though, so it's basically the same neighborhood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have a pretty janky kind of setup right now because I can't get furniture from <laughs> most of the stores. Oh. So you see this, I have this tiny little rickety table that can only fit my laptop and a microphone. So oh, that's all you dedication. Need. Exactly. That's, That's all, all I need to record a podcast. <laughs> so I am all set up. I went through the same thing about a year ago. Uh, a couple days ago was the anniversary of me closing on my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you remember about a year and a few days ago, uh, was right in the midst of everything being awful. Uh, I mean, oh, it's, still, yeah. it's still pretty bad. But moving from a small uh, two-room apartment to a much larger house where you don't have extra furniture just laying around uh, and nothing delivers and Ikea is closed and all the furniture stores are closed. <laughs> and so we just had we just had a big empty house for like a month and a half until heard, uh, they started. What's that? I was going to say, I forgot that you and I were moving buddies because yeah. I oh. moved into my house uh, one month and, or one year and one week ago. I think ours was like the 24th or something. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually moved house um, flat. Nobody asked you, Tipster. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> fine. I'll just... I mean, my, my, my bar moves all the time because it floats on your, the Antarctic Ocean. Did, but, you know, did, it's not, it's not your, a big event. Did your iceberg split or did, like, another one come in <laughs> and, like, freeze to it? Uh, so our, our iceberg kind of got bigger. Uh, nice. We we did. We, did someone make the joke already that I just imagine your bar to be like the bar from the James Bond movie? I think it was Die Another Day. Yep. They yeah, made, they already done that one, they, of course. They, they, they've, they've done that one. Of, and of I've, ice base bars. <laughs> I've said I've said that that isn't possible because like there's so many electronics to run the uh. to run my show. That <laughs> the dangers of having ice around the, those electronics, like I'm fairly sure health and safety would have a field day. I mean, Hipster, we're you know in that... international waters, so it doesn't matter technically. But also, I don't want an electrocuted penguin on my floor. Mm. That bar and <laughs> hotel that was in the movie is real. Yeah, yeah, I know. Actual, so I mean, they've got electronics and and Wi-Fi and stuff there. Yeah, but I don't have the money <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'm just saying it is a possibility yeah. for you, and I think that a, we yeah, should yeah, all but... hope for you to achieve yeah. that. Or you know, you could you could um, you know add to my Kickstarter or GoFundMe. And oh shit! I have to go. To... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh sorry! I've lost my wallet. Uh, <laughs> but I can't but, find my crypto wallet. <laughs> Your crypto wallet. 
I must have I left it in my I've, must have left it oh, in my other hard drive. Sorry. Oh my goodness! I forgot the password to my to my uh, Bitly. My Venmo. Oh, Bitly. Like your vent. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but speak. Speaking of moving houses and stuff like that, and uh, changing your surroundings, uh, this week we're looking at keeping it fresh. That was such a smooth transition. You, yeah, I'm not. Wait, I'm not going to uh, let you get away with it. That was. Oh, great! That was Fantastic. like too professional. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens as smooth you... as a bar made entirely of ice. <laughs> when you bring a radio host with experience on the podcast i go so there's our transition and i go for it which is so why instead I... of letting you do that i'm just gonna bring it back let's go back to talking shit okay <laughs> fair fair um yeah I, I mean that's that's one of the reasons why i kept cutting you off in the in the in the well, hobbies speaking, episode speaking of cutting people off um, sometimes oh, it's important to keep things fresh, and that's what we're talking about today. All your so. audience listeners, you get two segues. <laughs> so. It's a step beyond a regular segue. Exactly. I think the first thing is, like, why should you keep your game fresh? Like, I know it sounds like an obvious question, but what is the reason for keeping it fresh? What, why Why would you want to keep it fresh? What makes a game stale? I think it kind of extends into just the entire previous year that we've been having, not just in trivia, but just as a host or as a person, you kind of get that sixth sense, that feeling of complacency, of doing the same things in and over and over again. And just, you kind of get that feeling that, okay, I need a I need a little kick in the butt just to get things rolling in a slightly new direction, get me a little motivated, to get my players interested. So it's kind of like depending on the host in the game, right? Whatever that breaking point is, is I think the moment that one would decide to, you know, refresh in things. For um, oh, go ahead, Tipster. Yeah, I was about to say I'm kind of this is new territory for me and i know i say this almost every every podcast but <laughs> you you lot are the people with the experience i've just hit my one year flailiversary um <laughs> so uh i mean have you have you made changes in the past how often do you make changes yeah. um, i i i change i change parts of my show fairly regularly uh, and this this doesn't apply to everybody because um, I know not everybody does visual presentations of their questions. Uh, but when I was doing a live game every year uh, around January, when it was the anniversary of my show, I would change the interstitial slides like the halftime and the round indicators and stuff like that with new pictures and stuff like that. Uh, for people that have played my game, uh, know that the final round is always indicated by a picture of Dog, the meme dog, with a bunch of <laughs> Dog-like questions like such difficult, such difficulty, much wager, things like that. Um, and so to to keep that fresh, I'd make him face the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think um, reversing it. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold He's on. looking I the need, other direction. An older I need to meme. Get my yeah. towel. My tea has gone everywhere. I thought it was safe. Uh, uh, it's too much flailing. This is what it, happened. It, it, it was, yeah. <laughs> just like, I just flip it the other direction. That, just, <laughs> that killed me. Yeah. I just, oh my 
Goodness. But it, the reason that I did that is because for for me and my players, uh, they have been looking at the same pictures, introducing the same number of questions. Like, okay, it's the first round. It's a picture of everything is kind of green. It's a, it's a picture of Chicago with the Green River on St. Patrick's Day. Because uh, each of the rounds were kind of like color-coded. Okay. And so my first round picture was green. My second round picture was blue. My third round picture was red. And so on and so forth. Um, and so I'd get different, different, um, different pictures after, after a year that kind of kept the same colors. Uh, basically they're just kind of artistic photo shoot things to make it look nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I would just change it after a year just, just because I'd want something a little new to look at when I was building my game. I, w- I don't want my players to be staring at the same round one picture that they've been staring at for a whole year. Um, and then in context of my game itself, uh, when I was hosting live every week, I had a chance to do something different with my halftime game uh, because that's where I'd put the different mechanics rounds and stuff like that. And sometimes I'd come up with dumb ideas. Uh, and so that allowed me the opportunity to kind of, while the rest of the game stayed very similar, uh, the middle bit would always change from week to week. Sometimes it'd be an audio round, sometimes a picture round. Uh, and that allowed me to keep the regular game, my real life game, fairly fresh. Um, but since the switch to since the switch to virtual trivia, I've had to focus way more on trying to keep the game feeling new and interesting for my players, just so that they don't find something else better to do on Wednesdays. Um, I, I know we're going to get into the specifics of how to keep it fresh later, but, I, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've reintroduced some, uh, you know, I've re-engineered some old things that I used to do live uh, so that they work virtually. Um, I added in like two extra rounds of material. <laughs> I doubled the amount of questions. You know, there, there's a there's a lot of little things that you could do to keep it fresh. And I have a question for you. Do oh, yeah. you make these changes based on kind of audience feedback or is this more driven by what you feel could be different? Um, it's it's both. Um, okay. I've I've talked about the nightmare scenario of somebody coming up to me after a game or messaging me in the game and be like, haven't we heard this question before? Because that's that's always in the back of my head, like, oh, God, I hate that feeling. Um, so I actively... I actively try to avoid the uh, audience feedback of I'm bored. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like just preemptive, preemptive freshening. Okay. Um, okay. But so yeah, I, oh, go ahead. I, w- I was just going to say, I have, I have gotten feedback. Uh, I have gotten feedback from players like. Uh, I'm bored. I, yeah. Or not, not really on board, <laughs> but <joking>. like. <laughs> But essentially, yeah, kind of like, could you, could you make these harder or that's what she said. Uh, could you, uh, Can't, that's could what you she said. A, you're right. You got to give us a chance to make yeah, it. That's true. That's true. I've Michaeled that one and I apologize. Yeah. But, uh, or could you do, I, you know, I don't like this type of halftime game, things like that. So, sorry, Michaeled that one. Oh yeah, from the yeah from the office. from the American version of yeah. the office. oh oh your American office, which is oh yeah. so yes. much more. Superior. What was what was David saying? Wasn't it like uh, said the vicar or something like that? Said the 
said the woman to the vicar uh something like that yeah yeah uh and that's that's another thing catchphrases oh my god that like speaking <laughs> of keeping it fresh catchphrases get old really quickly on me um so it's more of a like general sense and feeling you get there's not any kind of indication that your players like uh, do they start groaning at a particular round when it comes up or you know is is there an oh not this round again or or things like that or is it is it just kind of an internal feeling that yeah this this needs a bit of a touch up this needs a lick of paint you know for me um I get a groan with just about every round. <laughs> and Oh no, not bubble buffs again. Right. No, it's more like, oh, backwards music again. Um But it's again I, I acknowledge fully that my show's a little bit different than a lot of the other ones out there because we kind of play for the negativity, um, you know, good natured mm. ribbing and all that. And they'll groan when I play a music a backwards music round, and they'll say, "Oh, why can't we do something different? Do do some other kind, or do another kind of music, or this or that." But then when I do change it up, it's, "Oh, I brought my friends here to to torture them with the backwards music." Because <laughs> music. How long um, have you been doing the backwards music round, by the way? Since I started. So. Oh, so five, six uh, years. Almost six. Oh. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. Now it's not yeah. always backwards music. I I change it up occasionally. I've got a bunch of different styles that I've done. Um, backwards music is just it's more or less the fallback. It's the default. It's and occasionally it's the bread and I'll branch out. Yeah. So okay. I play for the groans. I love the groans. I live for the groans. Um, <laughs> but I also I don't have a problem with the we've heard this before. You know, if if I'm like all straight up, I'll just be running late and I'll grab shit from an old round. And if they're like, oh, you've asked us this question before, then I'll just say you have literally no excuse to get it wrong. Then. <laughs> <laughs> That's this is what trivia is. You hear something somewhere, you learn something, and then you're able to recall it and reapply it. Way to spin it back on the player. <laughs> right. In my mind, there's no difference between them learning it from me or reading it in a newspaper or seeing it online you know hmm. it's just a matter of you've heard this before now you have to recall it do you do you feel that way about like specific topics as well or just like i've asked literally this same question three months ago what if it was like you just asked a chemistry question last week do you ask another chemistry question this week uh, i'm like, not sure i, what I know asking. it's not exact I mean, like, just in terms of, like, the general focus of a question, like, for for my game, my game is a set number of specific category types. So each each uh, each of my two general knowledge rounds is combined of 10 topics. So uh -huh. each of my games, you're going to get two movie questions and two music questions and two TV questions and two sports questions, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, and so... so where I keep it fresh is in not having any sort of structure like that. Um, mm -hmm. It can be, I, I could go three or four weeks without having any sports questions. And then I might have like three baseball questions in one general knowledge round. 
Um, I, yeah, that's, that's where I keep it fresh is, is it can always be anything. Yeah. Okay. That's one of the things that I have to deal with is that because I have a set structure to my game, that's kind of built into how the game works. Um, like, so I have, uh, I've talked about my 10 categories before, but I'll focus on like just science and nature. That's one of the, so two questions every week are going to be in science and nature in the, the first and last rounds or one each in the first and last rounds, I should say. And so I, of sciencey stuff, the thing that I probably know the best and like the most is like, uh, space shit. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I know space shit isn't a very scientific astronomy, term, but yeah, <laughs> but like astronomy planets, uh, NASA missions, Mm. shit like that so like if i have two of those questions every week how much time do i dedicate to the thing that i know and like the most like i have to act i have to actively stop asking questions about planets like i'm like i just asked a question about planets last week i can't ask another question about outer space let's ask a question about some type of bird or something like i have to stop myself from leaning too far towards one topic or the simplest one is just sports, right? You have to kind of not, or if you hold yourself to the standard, right? Like don't ask too much of one of the big four sports. Try yes, out. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, of, of the sports, I think I probably watch uh, football the most, football and baseball the most. Uh, so those are the ones that I have the most internal retention of those topics and questions and stuff. So like I have to make sure that okay, if I ask a football question this week, I have to wait a week or ask something about like uh, a game or you know one of the non-big four sports. Or you know, I just have to kind of move the. I just have to be cognizant of what I asked the week previous, so that I'm not repeating the same general topics. Okay, so you're, so you're kind of trying to nip it in the bud before it gets to that point where people are. You only uh, ask baseball questions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, What's yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pre-freshen. I'm pre-freshening. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked briefly about your, your format there, Jeff. Um, so you've got a general knowledge question uh, round at start and finish. And yeah. then you've got kind of various rounds in the... Is it a six-round game you do? I can't... Uh, it was formerly five rounds. I've shortened it to four so that I could always hit okay. the two-hour mark. Right. So, but uh, so... my my previous rounds were and current. Well, I'll I'll do what I do right now. My rounds are uh, round one is ten general knowledge questions in ten different categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, round two is my mechanics round where I get to kind of experiment and do different whatever. That's where I hide like Jeopardy and like my music rounds and uh, picture rounds. Uh, okay. Round three is a theme round with the theme chosen by one of my patrons. And so those themes could be anywhere from uh, ask me 10 questions about this specific TV show to um, like uh, last week it it was uh, comedy, like comedy movies was the theme I was given. So I did 10 questions about like spoofs and parodies. Um, And then round four is a repeat of round one, but harder. Not the same questions, but the same format. So have you ever changed up the format of your overall kind of night um other than kind of shortening it or lengthening it um have Uh, you kind of changed the order of your rounds have you ever um you know uh, changed what those two 
not so much what those two central rounds are. Obviously, you've got that rotating mechanics round as your second round. But, yeah. Um, uh, I I did when I went when I went virtual. Um, okay. My live game was very heavily weighted towards pop culture and sports. Mm-hmm. So uh, the ten categories that I have are movies, TV, music, sports, history, geography, science and nature, arts and literature, food and drink, and then general knowledge, which is a catch-all for whatever question I feel like writing. And my former live game, I would write multiple of uh, music, TV, movies, and sports each week, and then just one of the kind of more academic ones. So my, it, you know, in the the context of trash versus Jeopardy style trivia. It was way heavier into trash than it was into Jeopardy okay. style. Um, but when I moved to a virtual setting, um, I modified it to be a little bit more balanced towards every spoke of the wheel. So it wasn't quite so heavily focused on the pop culture stuff, which is what my live players were really. Uh, that's what they like excelled at. That's where they wanted the questions to be. Um, so I kind of had to a little bit just to kind of play to a much wider audience uh, than I would have at a, at a regular live game. Okay. Um, Calvin, what about yourself? Do you have a kind of structure or format to your games generally? Yeah, I have a structure, but I, I'm a pretty kind of more, I don't try to mix up the game structure too much. You know, I ask mm. general questions. I have a halftime run that's usually music, but sometimes I'll do visual stuff and then just more questions. I've always been more of philosophy of like uh, the game structure itself isn't necessarily the thing I want to change. It's more okay. about the contents of the questions themselves. So um, I distinctly remember what one of my players said to me that resonated for me, not only in trivia, but for everything else, which is basically uh, this player, she said that, you know what? The thing I like most about trivia sometimes is just when everything is chaotic, when there's when there's <laughs> chaos. Chaos reigns. Exactly. And that, that, that statement really resonated with me because I think uh, in a year where people have really been kind of like uh, forced to confront a completely predictable day in and day out, right, from, from staying inside and like planning everything. And it's just that, that concept of complacency and uh, predictability and normalness to be able to introduce something uh, unpredictable something a little um, outside of the norm chaotic right introduce chaos i think that's what uh keeps a lot of my regulars uh, maybe the questions keep them coming back but i think that's what keeps them engaged you know just the unpredictable nature of it so to me that's my it's not really a refresh because it's a gradual thing over time but uh chaos is fresh right a new problem a new thing on fire is definitely a new problem to solve so everything is fine yeah nothing is on fire and i I think Corey has a much more kind of like passive take on that but i think deep Mm -hmm. down he also adheres to that like you you take what i give is is the passive idea of chaos which i also think is i mean yeah. chaos in its own way <laughs> yeah absolutely and and i mean i've got structured chaos too like I, i'm not going to get yes. too deep into it because i've talked about my my game format multiple times here but mm-hmm. uh even though i i have a format that i follow every week i keep that format open so i mean you, there's just so many things you can do 
with any of my rounds. You know, my my round three being a limited choice round, it could be true or false. It could be every word or every answer has the word blue in it. It could be every answer is a movie from the year 2000. You know, it, yes, it's okay. a limited choice round, but where you go from there is limitless. So uh, it sounds like it's less about flipping the entire script of the show and more about either gradual change or um, or kind of small adjustments over time. Um, would, would you say that's that's fair? Yeah, I mean, there, it's once again, as time bleeds into itself and everything becomes a singular point, it, like what is gradual and what is instantaneous? <laughs> as, as you're, we, as we you're, reach, you're getting the Calvin Life Crisis podcast. I was about to say, as we reach the singularity that is the end point <laughs> of the universe, what is time? Exactly. Uh, but, no, like, like, like Jeff said, sometimes, and to use the house analogy, just because I recently moved, right? You could change up the curtains, you know, just to, mm. just to keep things fresh. You could, you could throw everything out and try everything new again. Or, I mean, just even like tidying up here and there, adding a little piece here and there. Like, I think you could refresh and over a longer period of time and that's okay. And uh, I, I think just having like, like a clear and concrete uh, decision or a guiding principle, something that will like, like take you in a direction that you know you want to go. I think that's a good, good kind of a, uh, whether, whether it's for changing up the questions themselves, changing up the format of your game, like if you have that vision and something to work towards, I think that kind of energy and motivation is what can really break the cycle of feeling complacent. Is, is there a point where changing too much and, and <laughs> keeping it quote-unquote too fresh uh, is a when thing? When keeping it fresh goes oh, wrong. Abs- absolutely. I, I'd say for sure. It's not, it's not a majority of my players. Um, but I would argue, or I would assume that all of us that host regular or formerly hosted regular weekly games had somebody that would play their game and then you would change one thing, like the type of question that you'd ask in a certain timing or change a point structure or, or do anything out of the ordinary. And then they'd get all, you know, <laughs> I don't want, I don't like change. Change is different. I don't like it. You know, like that type of player that knows the difficulty of your game, knows the point structure, knows everything about how you do things, and then you change one thing, and they're like, nah, I don't like change. I don't like new things. It's it's usually the really good teams, right? They're like, I yeah. like the system that <laughs> yeah. lets me win all the time. Yeah. I don't want to change that system. I'm like, eh. That's a... Uh, Tipster, I had a question for you. So, like, you are in your... You said you recently came up on your one-year hosting yeah, so one, one year, one year of hosting trivia. So uh, at the time of, oh God, I hate to date this podcast, but at the time of recording, I am a week away from Ooh. my one year flayiversary. By the time it comes out, we'll have done our big kind of um, so one year. I will speak from the future. Uh, congratulations on your one year. <laughs> I hope I hoped it was lovely. I heard it was lovely. <laughs> Oh, there was paper and everything, uh, yes. and, and 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 party bars and hats. I believe the proper tense um, is there will have been cake. <laughs> I hope it there will, will have, have been, been awesome. 
Uh, I'm trying to keep up the illusion here, Corey. Like, my whole thing is keeping the illusion alive. I guess, well, grammar aside, I guess I kind of have a two-part question for you. Uh, One, do you feel this desire to kind of freshen game at the one-year mark? And two, uh, based on our conversations of, like, game mechanics and Mm. uh, question content itself, do you have, like, a kind of, like, a leaning towards one or the other for how you would like to freshen your game? So, I mean, we've talked about the formats that you do. My format is I do a six-round game, five questions in each. Um, my first round is always kind of uh, a warm-up, so it's it's quick-fire general knowledge questions, it, stuff you'd find in a pub trivia book, Yeah, just to kind of get people settled in. Then you have um, a... a uh, media round of some description it will usually be like music or it's either a music round or a picture round um uh, and i flip those up each week then i have my confidence booster which i'm like it's one of those things that's become a bit of a staple but originally i intended to swap that out every week and it just kind of worked and stayed Mm -hmm. as a running thing each week i want to get back into changing that up a bit because the, the whole idea behind when I made this show was that it would have that feeling of being a, a, a light-hearted, almost uh, like a trivia panel show where gotcha. things, things do change around each week. We keep it fresh pretty much on the regular. Um, then after the break, um, we 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 do a round called "It's Your Round," uh, which, funnily enough, for this season I'm changing up the format of, um, where previously it was um, viewers, uh, people playing players, would suggest categories for that round, and I'd I'd kind of write a round based literally or laterally on that. Um, I have now kind of flipped the script a bit and I'm asking players to write questions for that round. And <laughs> their score for that round is based on them hitting set criteria that I give them. Oh, interesting. You, so, you're already asking so, your players to paint the fence white. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's more of a thing of... I know, the, This is, yeah, and that's, it comes back to that panel show feel, that, that light-hearted kind of panel show, trivia show feeling mm-hmm. of it's not all about me, it's about you you having a good time with it. Um, I'm just here to facilitate that. Um, okay. Uh, and, you know, the, the idea that I've had is that that team won't get marked on the answers they give, obviously, because they know all the answers. They'll get marked on how their question pack does um, gotcha. with with regards to kind of the criteria I set them, um, which are very kind of... I The way I build my rounds, I, 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 I have a sliding scale. I have an easy question and a much harder question and a few questions in the middle. So if they stick to that, they're getting five points. Um, if they have an absolute horrendous round, then they're probably only getting one because rounds where, you know, 20% of one team gets every question aren't that fun. I, I don't <laughs> think they are. Um, 
then uh, we have a mechanics round, which I rotate out every week. And then we finish off with the accumulator, which um, has, again, become a staple. Was never intended to, but it kind of ended up that way. Um, and I I have the thing so of... So it's, it's like the Steve Urkel of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Steve Urkel? Oh, God. Um, it's the really short version Phoebe Buffet yeah. of uh, yeah I know trivia. who Phoebe Buffet is. Well, I think she on... she was written to only be uh, a guest, wasn't she? Uh, Wait, no, but... I, th- I thought she was written because of uh, she her twin sister Ursula was on the other show first, and then they mad about you. Hired... Yeah, Wait, are you? Are oh, you it, try- the the, I... the short version of it, Tipster, is that there was a show called Family Matters, and yeah. there was a one-off character named Steve Urkel that was supposed to be a nerd that lives next door. And because okay. of the popularity of the character, he became like the main character of the show, and he wasn't even supposed to be yeah. on like past the first couple episodes. Wait. So what you're trying to tell me is I wasn't intended to be a panelist on this podcast. It just <laughs> no, no. I'm you saying that about, favorite. about your trivia round. <laughs> Yeah, or your trivia round started as like a fun idea, and then now it's a mainstay of your game. Well, that's that's the thing. When I'm talking to my players about it, about changing these the, these kind of staples up, um, a lot of them are going, "No, don't do that. We love it." And but the thing is, I get complaints when I run that round. Like the confidence booster when I run it is like it's so not a confidence booster well, welcome to trivia that. where you're going to get people complaining about the ex- like one side complaining about a certain thing yeah. you do and another side loving and saying please don't ever change that thing you do and you're like so come on guys what i've what i've decided to do is i'm splitting my things into se- into series seasons whatever you call them Ooh, um, series you'll so, split them into series uh, <laughs> It, it, they both begin with S. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I abbreviate them. It's your game. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah, I, I abbreviate them in the title anyway. They yeah. begin with S. Series or seasons doesn't care, doesn't matter. Um, which is why you know whenever you see me streaming, it's S one E something or S two E something, um, and that's partially so I can keep track of what games I use, what questions in, and partially because I. I want to flip the script. I want to change things up. I want to have this feeling that things can and will change. And um, as I said, that panel show, that trivia panel show feeling where it's, yes, the the, the trivia um, is there and it's certainly part of the experience, but also the entertainment value is more of a thing. Um kind of a little dragon ball z like find out next time what fate will befall not even us that. not even that it's like, just more like i i told my players going into this uh this break that we were having um that you know things will be changing a bit going into next next series season whatever <laughs> we call it um uh i i've been kind of very vague about it because sometimes sometimes even i don't know what i'm going to do next season you know yeah, <laughs> um, true. but we're coming into season four now um okay. but i'm starting to you know each season is about 10 weeks to 10 to 12 weeks with like a mid-season break 
That's a very yeah. that's a very British. You should call them series because that's very British. It's <laughs> yeah. like this, this show's mm. been on the air for twenty seven years. They've almost had thirteen episodes. Yeah, we we <laughs> Americans can only do one year, one season. Anything more than that's weird. Yeah, you know, but it's a it's a very. Uh, I mean, to be fair, that's also what we do in in Britain quite a bit. We don't we don't tend to. Things tend to ha- be part of the autumnal calendar or the winter calendar, or uh. it's it's very much broken down into into that. And we have, I think, thir- yeah, thirteen weeks is kind of our standard. Six is kind of a more mini thing. Uh, anyway, back to back to the, the <laughs> trivia. Yes, side so side-track, yeah, like you side-track. like setting the expectation that things are going to be different. It's kind of difficult and i don't even think it's that common in the trivia world right like i feel like uh this kind of ties into do you need to keep it fresh and one aspect of it is i think there's a lot of like big trivia companies who are like no we we do they, the exact same thing we do every, every venue, single every time week we're gonna run yeah. harry potter and office trivias till <laughs> till 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 the money runs out Basically, Scrooge McDuck's vault is no longer diveable. Um, uh, but the I, I don't want to be a big trivia conglomerate. I'm yeah. not. I'm not a professional. Lower your expectations. <laughs> um, and that's yeah. that's kind of the nature of the show that I run is that I'm. I, I'm not here to be the next geeks who drink or the next um red tooth quiz league or whatever i'm here to have a good time i think that also it speaks it speaks a little bit to what we're trying to do too like especially Mm. uh, especially in the twitch era of virtual hosting where we could host to people literally everywhere on the planet you know, like you're trying to differentiate yourself from the larger companies or from a different streamer or, from, you know, you're trying to vie for the viewer's attention and keeping it fresh, uh, doing, you know, doing little mechanics or doing something that like your accumulator that's very much your thing, you know, kind of gives you a leg up like, oh, that's a cool idea for a round. Who's the guy that does that? It's this one guy. This, the, yeah. well, t- excuse me. It's this one penguin. <laughs> you know, like you, you don't get that anywhere else. Um, and so that's that's kind of one of the reasons why I uh, do Jeopardy so much is because that's kind of just my thing. It, it's really yeah. it's really simple for me to write because it's just a theme round with a different way of asking the question. Um, but it's definitely it's my thing because it's my you know, it's got my name on it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely not my thing. It's definitely Jeopardy, but it's also my thing, you know. <laughs> I'm um, glad you pointed it out before yeah, I did. Cause... Yeah, it's it's definitely not my thing, but it's also my thing. I have planted my flag there, and that's how things work. <laughs> um, but like the when I when I try to do something a little bit different in terms of like if if throughout my game each round the point value is one, two, three, four, uh, which is mm-hmm. how the game works. Yeah. If I change the way that point values work for one round in order to do a hidden theme or um you know i'll i'll modify it so that the the round itself the scoring always ends up with the same total score at the end Mm. but maybe the way that you accrue points is slightly different but you know like just just little things like that to kind of set yourself apart from 
just the run of the mill giant trivia company down the street, you know, like, yeah. oh, that that's why I started doing picture presentation in the first place is because nobody in my area was doing pretty pictures with their trivia questions. Like it, it was just to kind of make it fresh for my players. Like, here's something different. The trivia host doesn't repeat the question a billion times because it's right there on the screen. Look how I, look how handsome and pretty it is. I think that's yeah, definitely another thing that um as as bad as it sounds, um like there's less competition in live space than there is online. And I feel oh, yeah. like there is definitely more pressure to keep people engaged and keep people fresh. Um uh, and uh, I coming from a more entertainment background having done game shows and the like on the radio uh, it's it's just where i come from it's it's kind of what i do is change things up every week to keep the listeners or players or whatever they they are entertained that's a really good point, Tipster. And you kind of made me just really get all philosophical tonight, even more so in the sense that, you know, like I'm, I'm really getting this idea that keeping it fresh, we talked about kind of the the big impactful changes that you could do <laughs> really kind of like just like instantly just to mix everything up and like kind of reshuffle everything. And we also talked about the kind of like gradual game over game changes that you could do just to tweak it and keep things fresh. But I kind of just want to conclude with this idea of like, why do you want to keep things fresh? You know, like tips are you talk about a lot, but like kind of like, what do you want to get out of it, either for you as a host or for your audience as players of your game? I guess I can start just to give you an example. And uh, the more I think about it, it's really just like what I value the most in my games is audience engagement. I don't need like crazy high audience counts if they're just all going to be silent. Like to me, I just want my audience members to have a good time to crack jokes and chat. So anything I could do to tweak my game and keep to me, my approach is keep the question content fresh. You know, that's, that's my big benchmark that I like doing to keep questions engaging, have them be fun and have people be able to like comment and riff off of it. Uh, also, as I previously said, it's still a little bit of chaos, you know, every now and then. That's that's to me what keeping it fresh means. So I'm going to open it up to everyone else. Uh, anyone else want to chime in? For me, it's kind of like um, almost almost like a farmer's market. Like, you know that when you go there, you're going to get fresh produce and fresh uh, fruits and vegetables and stuff from different places. And you may not get the same thing every week, but you know that the quality is there. And mm -hmm. that's the kind of feeling that I would like my players to get from my game is that you don't know what round two is going to be. You don't know what round three is going to be, but it, it you know that it is going to be of a standard quality of something that you're going to enjoy. So, you know, you may not know what you're making for dinner that week, but you find something really good at the farmer's market. That's a really dumb analogy, but, it, but essentially I just... <laughs> I want I want the players to always feel like there's something fun and different and new about my game, despite the fact that rounds the, the first and last rounds are always kind of carbon copies of how that round went down the previous week. Um, I always want the, the middle of my game or if it was my live game, like the halftime game to be something fun and something that players can say, I really like that host because he does 
this weird thing in the middle, you know, or I just want it to be kind of my own thing that the players can constantly say, I like that round no matter what he decides to do, because it's something different every week. It's something new to experience. And so the, the players that prefer the very same format every week, uh, not my, not the people that I am aiming for getting to my, my streams without talking um, a lot of shit, you know, big, mask yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Mask, yeah. No if that's, go. yeah, exactly. If that's the thing that you like, that that's perfectly okay too. Then you'll exactly. really enjoy my first and fourth rounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, so, I think that really brings up something that I, a dead horse that I beat often on this show <laughs> where the people who like what you're doing are going to find you and they'll be the ones who it, you don't have to change up your show whatever you're doing someone's going to find it that likes it you know um some people want 50 jeopardy questions some people want pop culture and movies and music rounds and some people want sheep or uh trivia bingo whatever they're looking for they're gonna find the people who host it so you don't have to change that up all the time you know in the name of keeping it fresh because then you're just gonna lose the people who liked what you were doing and you'll gain new people who like the new thing it's just a trade-off. It's not an upgrade. Um, so You first got to yeah. do the things that you enjoy. I feel like that's exactly. like the unspoken thing that we always said. Like you, if you're not happy making a bunch of other people happy, I don't think it's going to be sustainable, right? The first Agreed. step is to be like, I, I dig this. I dig this yeah. direction. Yep, 100%. And in that vein, uh, for me, it's just if I do make a change, it's probably a change out of necessity. Um, early 2020, before we really realized how serious the pandemic was and got into the lockdown and everything, um, I started changing up my format uh, using TrivNow so that I wouldn't have to hand out sheets and have people touching each other and stuff. Um, and something like that keeps it fresh because it necessitates a different question type, uh, type a different hosting type. Or if I'm running late, I might introduce something fresh like Sheep because it's available through the Trivia Writers Co-op and it turns out it runs really well and so I'll incorporate it more often. Um, but aside from any necessity like that, I the freshness comes from just having a, a upbeat attitude every week and asking the same questions in a new way. <laughs> so just to quickly um ask you something about what you said there Corey. so you said you've had to change your game out of necessity um are, are you gonna uh, keep those changes when you go back to a live setting or are you changing it back to how it was now that it's been more than a year i suppose um i i've got live gigs again and i haven't used uh printed answer sheets since early 2020 um, we're not currently using Triv now, but we are using uh, Google Forms and Google Drive to accept all the answers. And I, I don't foresee ever going back to paper answer sheets. Um, 
you know, it just, this is easier, it's more sanitary, it's less wasteful, it's cheaper. So that change in particular, I will absolutely be keeping around. Okay. Um, so for me, keeping it fresh is, uh, it's it's an odd one. I, I come at this from a completely different angle. I have this idea that keeping it fresh keeps people it's not necessarily the the trivia that keeps people it's how you as a host present it um like the trivia's got to be good but you've got to be you've got to be great um so i and i'm not saying i'm great by the way i'm not blowing yeah. my own <laughs> horn here we, <laughs> like, we we know we lower our expectations good good <laughs> i'm glad you do i'm glad that you follow basic instructions, unlike yeah. half of my Twitch chat. <laughs> um, but the, the, the idea for me is I like to change things up. I like to keep people guessing. I like that feeling of wonder and surprise um, from, my, uh, from my viewers and my players. When they see something new and they go... I didn't think about it like that or uh, that's that's really cool that's really different um i want to capture that and that's kind of what i feed on um as a as a host as a writer as a streamer um is is coming up with these kind of cool new ideas not necessarily like brand new ideas but looking at things in a different light and uh changing things up to try and get a different ways of looking at things different ways of asking questions different ways of presenting them different ways of um scoring them i mean we've, we've spoken about mecha mechanics rounds at length and i am a firm believer that i could write mechanics rounds till till the pinnacle larder sails off into the sunset um uh that not all of them will be good but <laughs> people will will stick around for the ones that are hopefully um and i know that it's it causes problems i know that there are people who are like well i like that round and it's like yeah okay it'll make a return uh it's just that i like to have that I like to keep people on their toes. I, um, I have a hypothetical for you, Tipster. Go ahead. What would be your opinion about a host that is very charismatic and, you know, like a good host, yep. but their questions aren't very fresh? Do you think that's still, do you think that is something that you would be ultimately okay with? Do you think, like, like how, how would you reconcile those two things as your other comment said that you you do think that it's about the presentation or a lot of it is about the presentation yeah i think that um i, I mean it depends what audience you're going for first of, of all but yes um i think that a good host like a, a great host can carry a show um if the questions are you know average or better fantastic if they're bad questions on, on it's going to bring the show down. Average um, doesn't necessarily mean fresh, right? That's what we're kind of getting at too, right? Like yeah, no, uh, exactly. Um, new and novel isn't necessarily having, what everyone strives for. 
I think it's a, important, like you, but having a great charismatic host um, reading run-of-the-mill questions is what game shows are built on. <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Uh, uh, I, I, I think he's, I'd I say think there's nuance. Right. <laughs> there's nuance, but at the same time, that's the like looking at the chase. Those are a lot of a lot of those questions that they do are in some ways just rehashed run of the mill pub quiz questions that that you'll find a no from other pub quizzes. I'm not saying their question writers are bad, by the way, Correct. in yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I'm saying that um, it's a it's a very different beast. And I'm not necessarily hosting in a live environment. I'm not trying to host a pub quiz per se. I'm hosting a show at the end of the day. Like I'm, I'm mm. putting on entertainment first and foremost, and the pub trivia is kind of a part of that. Okay. You you mentioned the chase. You called out the chase. <laughs> I, but, yeah. uh, he used the chase as an example. I'm going to but, regret this podcast later because I'm going to get a lot of angry messages. But go ahead. Nah, nah you know what? Fuck the angry messages. Um, <laughs> real talk. Jeopardy questions are shit. And, and I'm I'm just gonna say it. Okay, I, okay. You, we're gonna we're gonna go down this route. I'm okay with oh, this. Oh goodness. Okay, go, here uh, comes. Go look at the Jeopardy archive, and seventy percent of those questions they're not they're not difficult. They're not particularly well written. The excitement and the difficulty comes from you know the suspense of being on the show and like being put on the spot, and from the Correct. time limit, and from you know having to compete against other people. It's not that they're good questions. So yeah. on, you get limited character count in order to get your question across. Yeah. Right. Like, so yeah, and I then, totally agree with you there. Yeah. And, and that's uh, not, like, that's not a dig on Jeopardy as a show. I just, I hate this, this idea that Jeopardy is like the pinnacle of could, trivia. Could I make, could I make a statement? I think Jeopardy yeah, questions make for very bad pub trivia questions. Agreed. Because the the audience and the setup is different. I feel yeah. personally attacked. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad you cracked this. Uh, Jeopardy isn't the pinnacle of question writing. Oh concept. my goodness. Okay. I, and before I get hate mail too, I do want to say, I'm saying that uh, their questions are shit. My email address from, is also no, okay. <laughs> the, the questions are shit from the viewpoint of, as Calvin said, of pub trivia, not... Mm. Not overall, like they're absolutely in their context, for individual their speed yeah. base. Yeah, they do forty. Yeah. It just times it two work questions. Yeah, and so that's I, I will I'm throw not, that out there. I'm not trying to be the chase. I'm not trying to be Jeopardy. I'm not trying to be a TV quiz show. I'm trying to find a comfortable middle ground between your, um, your your kind of standard bar quiz and something you'd listen to on the radio or watch on tv that's got that light-hearted atmosphere because i'm not in a live environment i am solely on a streaming platform so not only have i got to be have i got to be entertaining to the people who are playing i've also got to be entertaining to the people who aren't 
Cool. Well, that took a little segue into uh, that, we, that, that <laughs> trivia was full philosophy. Of, that was full of hot takes. Uh, huh? I'll, I'll defend your hot take, Corey. What about mine? Hold on. Yeah, you, hold on. Yeah, you, you attack me. You, you know, you have no, Yeah. You got, you got five. You got, your, your takes were, were valid and not like, like there were good takes. They just that, weren't. I don't think anyone yeah. would be upset at you. To, to I mean, clarify, by the way. It was the I, take I mean, of a penguin on an iceberg in the ocean. So. Yeah, fair. Uh, hey, <laughs> I mean. Uh, cool. Um, but that's that's what I meant by what I said was that you know the, the the chase questions do not make generally good pub trivia questions. They're made for that specific format. Uh, well, you know what does make a generally good <laughs> trivia question? Go on. The results of our keyword challenge. <laughs> I'd say that's debatable in some circumstances, uh, Corey. We all knew we all knew it was coming. Yeah, I was wait I was waiting for Tipster to step on it as payback. I knew. I, I just had to jump in before he could. No, no, I was gonna it's let like, you have shit. that one. We had this no, actually, tie it all together kind of statement and then straight to keyword. <laughs> oh, we can take it from the top if you want. We can do it again. No, no we could just no. I'm no. just thinking the title of this episode is going to be Jeopardy has crap trivia questions. Oh, no, that's shit. going to be the clickbait title. Shit. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't. You're going to, you're or, going to start a war. Or keeping it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> what have what have we done? Yeah. What have we done? I've done nothing. And... <laughs> <laughs> just, I was. Just... Just, just on the sidelines, watching this trash fire happen, just kind of whistling and walking away right now. I was, I was waiting for someone to say somebody's uh, like a famous person's name, so I could say that person says "eat fresh." <laughs> that's that's all, that's the digression I've been waiting for. Oh, Ryan, Ryan Howard, eat fresh. Aaron oh, <laughs> you know, well now that Monica's gone, like it's uh, fucking all guns are aimed on Jeopardy, you know. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> yep. That's it's all fair game now. Trebek made Jeopardy what it is, and now it's now it's just well, Le- Jeopardy. Lavar Burton. Lavar Burton is gonna host. Lavar Burton so. is a fucking. Why? Well, hey. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna disparage. <laughs> no, I love Lavar Burton. <laughs> can 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 we can we cold okay. cut that one as the intro? Just Lavar Burton is a. Fucking and then just cut it there and then say hi, welcome to the episode. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's that's how we cut to ad, that's how we cut to sponsor. Uh, okay. Honestly, <laughs> there you go. Cold, we're gonna do cold opens now. That's the new freshness of the podcast. <laughs> so about that keyword challenge. Keyword. Yes. yes. <laughs> Corey, would you like to tell us what the keyword challenge is? That we have, would, but us. I don't know how to pronounce it. So I think we should have Tipster say it. Uh okay. Well, can you can you reveal it, please, so that I can hi- see it? If you highlight it on our notes, you'll see it. Oh, it is um really hard to see. Uh, so it is uh According to the pronunciation in... given to us okay. by. Uh, given to us by you. Wait, you had the. 
pronunciation in front of you? <laughs> and you made me do it? Uh, this one comes in from Patty via our website, which is uh, quadriviapodcast.com. We have a brand new form on there to submit your keyword challenges. This is the, I think this is the first one we've had from that form. Uh, uh, I think it's the, the second. It might be the first one that we've used. That so. we've used. Okay. And it's Puro Resu. Puro Resu. Puro Resu. What, what? Can someone tell me what Puro Resu is? Uh, yes. I, I think... I can, oh, but I, I have a feeling Jeff might actually be familiar with it. Uh, yeah. What, um, not really. I mean, I I kind of have a bit of a history with it due to a video game that I played in college. Just, but just give me one sentence. Per, it's Japanese. I, this is Japanese too... pro wrestling. Japanese okay, pro, that pro okay. wrestling. Japanese pro wrestling. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We will find out more about Pururesu after the break. Oh, yes. So we're going to go away uh, for (laughs) 10 minutes and um, we're going to try and write the best question we possibly can. And uh, we'll compare. We'll see you soon. And uh, on that note, that's our 10 minutes up. We are back and we are ready to present our keywords, uh, our, our, our keyword questions, uh, words. Look, okay, I had trouble pronouncing <laughs> it and then I got I got interrupted by by a, a technical issue. And oh, anyway, uh, Calvin, now save us from this atrocity. Absolutely. Our refresher was our keyword was puroresu. Which it's been 30 Japanese seconds for them. Professional <laughs> wrestling. So my question goes like this. Uh, what Japanese word is the name of a 1998 movie about the girl Sadako Yamamura, as well as the home of Joshi Pururesu practitioners like the women Jaguar Yokota and Devil Masami? Uh, Sadako, isn't that the name of... Oh my goodness, is it? It's a horror movie thing. It's a horror movie thing. I think I have an in just because of is me it... knowing what pro wrestling is and where that takes place. Wait, 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 wait. Is this is this the actual name of the the the, the, the ring girl? Correct. That is oh, the girl see, who was buried in a row. That's fair. Yeah, what? if you had said Samara awesome. Morgan, I would have. Yeah. So <laughs> it's Sadako. About... Sadako Samara? Or Sadako. Or vice versa, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So, I I don't know if anybody has officially said it yet, but the the Japanese title was Ringu. Ringu, yeah. Not to be confused with the small penguin that goes Newt Newt. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's Pingu, as any parent would tell you. Or the person who narrates Thomas Tank Engine. Ah, there you go. So, yes, the answer I was looking for was Ringu. I could do this uh, all day. Please yeah, don't. Japanese word for ring. <laughs> all I, right. Well done. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've. Yeah. Japanese question to Japanese. Japanese things <laughs> in the entire question. There we go. That's yeah. That it, it definitely has a a bit of difficulty because I mean, you'd have to have at least you'd have to have seen Ringu or 
be yep. a fan of Japanese wrestling to kind of get either of the ins mm-hmm. on that one. I could have added more to the movie, right? I could have said horror movie. I yeah. could have said, a, you know, given some but that's, sort of that's just a difficulty balance. Movie. That's all that is. At, at that yes. point, you're just adding modifiers depending on where you want to put it. Like you could add, oh, it was a horror movie that was remade in America with a similar name, or you could give Correct. it just that and put it further in the game because that's a more di- like the ends are yeah are fairly right. small. So that and I, it does ride on knowing that it it's I think sufficiently knowing that Puroresu is Japanese wrestling, but that's yeah. kind of all you really need to know about it, right? You don't like you're yeah. not supposed to know who these women are, right? Like that's yeah. that's not the point of the question. My- yeah. I think yeah. it's I think it's beautiful because you yeah. could you could reuse that in different places and and mm. modify it as you see fit. I think it's wonderful. I, I think your your common wrong answers on this are going to be Dojo and Basho. Yeah, like I, I feel like Kill Bill that's, stuff maybe. Yeah, that's what people will probably lean to. Yeah, um, but if you actually, I mean, if you're a big like, cause like. Is that the movie you're thinking of, like a Kill Bill, or you're just thinking like people will just think a general Japanese movie? I, I'm like, I'm not even think, thinking that. I think they'll go, okay, that sounds like a Japanese movie. Uh, this is. Oh, they're just guessing words. Yeah, they might guess yeah. martial arts. Yeah. Movie titles. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. So I think you'd get a lot of answers like Half Baked or Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was another theme I want to carry, which is to keep it all about, you know, women. You know, uh, Joshi fair. being the women modifier of the type of yeah. wrestling. But yeah, yeah, right. still... yeah that's my question. Right. I guess I'm next on the chopping block. And let me tell you, I went down a rabbit hole and changed directions all the way at the end to write <laughs> a different question. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, it, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give anything away. But does anybody? Does anybody's questions involve reborrowing or borrowed words, like in languages? No. Okay, it's a very specific. It, it, the The word "pruderesu" was a romanization, or excuse me, it, it is a uh, borrowed word from the American professional wrestling that they used, and then now we also use that to. It, it's it's is called reborrowing. Yeah, it's not part of my question, okay, but that's I was looking at reborrowed words for like eight minutes, and then I'm like, oh shit, I should write a question, and none of this works. <laughs> yeah. So here's no, my question I, I about. Do, pr- I reference that in my question, but it's not like a. Not okay, a, I didn't want to give anything away, but anyway, here's my question that has nothing to do with reborrowed words. Um, in the in the history of the WWE, there have been many notable Japanese stars who began their careers in Japan's Puroresu wrestling promotions: Shinsuke Nakamura, Ultimo Dragon, Asuka. Takamichinoku and Tajiri. Despite his Samoan ancestry, what wrestler began his career in Japan before wrestling for the WWE in the 90s under a ring name that suggested he was a Japanese champion, although in another contact sport? So this is the word for the the head sumo wrestler, right? I, I forget what that term is. Usually it's asked the other way around. Oh, okay. I was going to go Dan. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, Dan. Dan's way more plausible. Never mind. Uh, yeah, but no, no, no. Go with what you were going with. Cause... No, no. I don't even know the word, so I, I, I don't even know. What, what, what kind? Of, so you were saying like, a uh, I thought he was going to wrestler? wrestler. Yeah, but I don't know the okay. word for it. And Dan is much more plausible as a name. So, go. Corey, any thoughts? No. 
<laughs> I'm I'm even I'm sitting here trying to think of um notable <laughs> Japanese WWE wrestlers and other than like who he's already named. Yeah. But I also nineties was before I, I watched wrestling in high school. So uh very late 90s through mid 2000s anything outside of that i'm not super familiar with do you know any wrestlers named dan (laughs) i hope your dan's right uh no (laughs) okay i suppose we're going with i'll say kurt angle i know he's a wrestler he's not samoan or japanese it's not it's not the rock's dad. Oh it? my god, you guys were so close. You guys were so dad? close. You went the wrong way. Oh no. You took a left turn. Um uh Calvin, you were headed down the right road when you were talking about the highest rank. Oh god, it's Yoko something. Yeah. I I, I but the problem is I don't know the wrestlers. I could maybe That is Yoko... Oh, give it a shot. Yoko 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 Kune, Yoko Kanzo, Yoko Yoko something. Ah. Uh you're you're right there. I'll I'll you know, I'll relieve the pain. It is okay. Yokozuna. Yokozuna. Yokozuna, he's a member of the NOI family, the, the famous Samoan uh family of wrestlers that is not Japanese. Uh he was never a sumo wrestler. He did not wrestle in anything. Uh he did spend a little bit of time uh in some Japanese leagues. Uh, or promotions before he moved to the WWE, but he was presented as a Japanese sumo champion that was followed around by Mr. Fuji. And Mr. Fuji, uh, who actually was Japanese, would throw salt in people's eyes, a la the, oh. the way that they would salt the ring. But yeah, he. Um, what I wanted to do there was name a bunch of Jap- actually Japanese wrestlers that wrestled in Japan beforehand. There's a ton of wrestlers that wrestled in Japan before becoming uh, famous. They don't just have to be Japanese to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I always thought it was interesting that my entire young life, I had assumed Yokozuna literally was an actual big Japanese sumo wrestler guy. Uh, and no, it was just a really big Samoan dude. A, not <laughs> Japanese, B, not a sumo wrestler. Yeah. I still can't get over the idea of pocket salt. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Not not a valid. I guess that's, maybe a valid that's a question. heel move, right? That yeah. is definitely yeah. a heel oh, it's abs- move. Oh, yeah. Absolutely a heel move. He was, uh, he would come in and they'd wave the the Japanese flag, and there was a big there was a big feud between him and uh, Lex Luger at the time because Lex Luger was like all American dude, so it was like nobody could nobody could body slam him because he was so big. So yeah, he definitely came in as a heel. He would like just sit on people. <laughs> he was he was very big. He was a very big guy. But yeah, the um who was the big guy that would like rub his butt in people's faces when they were in the oh, corner? Rakishi. That's right. Rakishi. I mean, that's not oh. a that's not an unknown. That's that but he was the one that would do like the whole dance and like back his ass yeah, up right in exactly your face. He's exactly the one I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah, he'd slap both of his thighs and yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So and the who, answer is Yokozuna? Yokozuna was uh, was his wrestling name and that is the term for the highest rank of sumo wrestler um yeah and he's uh, a oh, member man. of the NIOA family related to the rock and many others oh uh, yeah i uh, i like it i would have <laughs> had no hope in hell of getting it as you can guess by the fact i said dan 
but <laughs> I don't even know. Now I question. You sound like you knew your Japanese no. stuff, Dipster. No. Like, oh yeah, Stan. Like the Japanese no, champion. A, oh shit, a that's a great answer. A, a Dan, a Dan is something that I know from martial arts, and that's it. Oh. Like I don't, I know that they're good, but I don't know that they're like, you know, good. <laughs> right. Well, I suppose it's my go, and uh, Corey, you're gonna love this one because uh, it's it's uh, it's in your style, I suppose. Um, so it's long. Puro- <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I okay. hope you love my little Easter egg in episode 50, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, Puro Resu is a variety of Japanese professional wrestling that consists of predominantly three styles. Strong style, which focuses on kicks, strikes, and submissions. Shoot style, which focuses on full contact moves. And what other more narrative style? which shares its name with a London street, originally built as King Charles II's private road, and later associated with 60s icons Mary Quant and Vivian Westwood. Well, I have 100% on this one because I reference it in my question. So I will sit back. <laughs> uh, I, there's, there's I no also have... There's place as a miniskirt street in <laughs> London, is there? There's, there's no little black street, no. Okay. King's Road? King's Road? Is that a private road? King's Road? You wouldn't you wouldn't do King's Road for King Charles II's private road, would you? <laughs> would you? Jeff, I, what are, what are you thinking? Um I know the answer too, both from oh. knowing it and having just looked at it like seven times as I was researching questions. I, I <laughs> but this would be the second time that Calvin is just dead on and it's is just King's doubting Road, himself. It's King's Road, yeah. Penguin. I, I, I wanted That's to cool. do I wanted to like I accidentally DTQ'd slightly. Yeah. Uh but yes, uh it is King's Yo, Road. What should we name this road that King Charles built? For himself. I don't know. Right? How about the King's, King's Road? Road? That's too long. Let's just call it King's Road. Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds cool. Good, good, done. King's Road. I mean, speaking of speaking of road names, uh there's there's a there's an interesting road nearby me called Cavalier Approach. Uh <laughs> which, you know, I often have to take on my way to work. So uh I hope my boss isn't listening, otherwise they will accuse me of taking the cavalier approach to work. But hey. Oh my god. <sighs> I think uh, my my only thing is uh, just because uh, for, for an American audience, uh, I would probably swap out the final clue for something like the, the highway that runs from Castle Black all the way to the capital of Westeros or something like that to, to give an end to people who like oh, Game of Thrones. Don't be, don't be disentwiggy like that. Yeah. Oh, no, no I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying that like that would be that would be a, a more approachable. To, well, actually, a few years ago before season eight, when everybody still loved yeah. Game of Thrones, that would yeah, be a really the, approachable second in. Well, I mean, the prequel's coming, so it may uh, see a yeah, come back around. That's true. I um, I kind of like the the counterpoint of like something very masculine with wrestling to fashion though. I like that that kind of dichotomy. If I, I guess was that's go- true. Yeah, if I was going to do that, I'd put it in as an extra clue. I'd still keep the like yeah. because again, an additional, yeah. Yeah, it I I'll be honest, I don't know how many people have kept on top of Game of Thrones 
in the past how long has it been like five years yeah, yeah but king's road is one of those things that are like independent of the last yeah. season you've heard yeah it. they said it a billion times in fact i don't think you could name another road from game of thrones okay yeah so not, i don't think <laughs> but not i really fun. wanted to pull a name out just to to debate that but no i, I can actually yeah can't. right like full disclosure never seen game of thrones um, I was I was looking around for other King's Roads with other famous things on them, and I didn't. My brain didn't go to fictional for some reason, and yeah. I don't know why. Like I, I remember them being associated with the houses of different places, but I couldn't tell you what they're called at all. Mm. Yeah. Oh, like well. I I doubt that the one going to, uh, River Run is like Fish Road, but you know <laughs> something something like that. Fish Road, Salmon Run. Yeah. Well, there you go. See? Yeah, there. That's headcanon now. That's the name of that. That's what everybody calls it. All right. Uh, no, it was a good. It was a difficult question. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's totally. I have a hard time critiquing it because, as an American with not a whole lot of international experience or knowledge, there was there was no real chance I was going to get that aside from knowing it because of this challenge but that yeah. doesn't mean it's a bad question so, and it's obviously going to be great you know for if you were hosting it you know live where you are so my my argument against kind of the i'm american and don't know it is that mary quant and vivian westwood are known names i, 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 I don't I, know how well their association i was quipping about her the entire time so yeah yeah like like i said it's it's fashion too right so yeah it's it's kind of uh, i guess it's kind of out of our ex area of expertise uh <laughs> me included by the way i'm not that well versed on fashion as you'd know if you'd seen me um i i definitely probably would include the game of phones reference somewhere but maybe not as explicitly all right well i've got uh, i've got one more question for y'all named for their pronunciation of the english term japanese puroresu has a variety of styles including king's road strong style shoot style joshi and hardcore all of which involves storytelling, athleticism, and aerobics, and flashy promotion, albeit to differing degrees. What is the name of the CEO, chairman, boss, and Mac Daddy of the most popular American Puroresu company? Okay, I'm instantly going to leave this to Calvin. I was about to say exactly the same say, thing. You want me to pronounce his name? Is that why? <laughs> maybe. Is that why? Did this guy maybe drive a white Corvette at some point that was once filled with cement? <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. No comment. No Is this man's name Mr. Vincent Mick? Should I should I say it the way I say it? Or yeah, I say, say it, it say it the way. Both? Say it however you want. Should I? Should... It's Vincent McMahon. Yeah, but it's spelled yeah. McMahone. <laughs> yes, it is Vincent McMahone. <laughs> Vincent McMahone. Thank you for reminding me, guys. So, so as soon as as soon as I I knew the answer, it's like I've got to let Calvin say this, <laughs> just on the off chance. Gosh. Which makes me wonder why we've never done a Degas question with Jeremy on. <laughs> 
I did one on. I did. I asked a question about Degas last week. Oh, Degas! Like, where's right. Jeremy? Where's okay. Jeremy? Oh my goodness! Okay. I for this question, I love the fact that you kind of you don't ever say wrestling yes. at all, and you just kind of touch on all the little aspects of what makes pro wrestling pro wrestling, and then. Yeah like literally ask us anybody that knows anything about pro wrestling knows that Vince McMahon is the, you know, the head of like most wrestling stuff in America. Yeah. You know, he has fingers in all the pies. Yeah. But without the wrestling clue, can you still get to Vince McMahon? I, I love this question just because it's, and I, I, I like I the way that you took it. Clarifying question. So the American Pro Wrestling Company. Oh, okay, American Pro Wrestling. So you just mean the WWE? He doesn't own like some Japanese. No, I don't believe I don't he does, but he, I, he might. He might do. Well, yeah, like, I mean, he could, but yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, it, I thought it was really interesting because as I was reading about Pro Wrestling, uh, it does say specifically in the wiki, and I'll just read it verbatim. It should be also noted that the term Pro Wrestling in Japan refers to all professional wrestling regardless of country of origin. For example, American promotions WWE and Ring of Honor are refer uh, referred to as Puro Resu in Japan. Oh, oh. that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I just kind of wanted to tease people into figuring out WW or into figuring out wrestling, and then they'd be able to uh, go from yeah. there to answer the question. And, of course, I had to throw in a couple of his nicknames just to... Have a little. Oh yeah, I always love questions that take something that is—I don't want to say simple, but more simplistic—and bury the ask. Yeah, I mean, um, if I—if you just say who is the CEO of WWE, that's a hundred percent get. Um, but here they have to actually work for it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you have to obfuscate the ask as yeah. one way of making a question more difficult, not necessarily finding more difficult answers. That's my, that's my dead horse that I will, I'm going to beat in trivia. You're going to flog till yeah, I'm gonna... cows come home. Exactly. And see, I, this question did wind up longer than I had originally intended, even though it's not the longest <laughs> the one. The longest today. one in this um, I, I, the, the first direction that I went with this was just, uh, as you see in the first half of my question, I was just going to kind of tease some of the aspects of wrestling mm -hmm. and then ask, you know, what is Puro Resu? With the answer basically being professional wrestling. Um, but I figured that wouldn't be as fun for the three of you or for the people listening because everybody knows the answer to that just from, you know, us talking about it. So I, I just tacked a little more onto it to... Uh, make it a question that we could actually play so <laughs> i i i love it and uh if you love it you can let us know uh by voting over on quadriviapodcast.com uh where you can see all our keyword challenges from this week um and uh you can give us uh your keywords uh for us to go up against and try ourselves uh, quadriviapod at gmail.com as well if you want to send us an email well I think there's only one thing left uh, for this episode and that is for Jeff to hit us with some trivia yes I have some questions for you guys and coincidentally it is 
a theme that I recently did to kind of keep things fresh in my own game. Uh, it's something that I used to do in my live game, and I kind of adapted it for my virtual game. Uh, and this is a mini game called Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? That is trademarked <laughs> RMT trivia. No one else has ever done this before. Huh. Why, do you, why do you pick San Diego? <laughs> City names. Yeah. That seems very specific. <laughs> All right. So the way that this game works is I'm going to tell you 10 clues. And those clues will point to a specific city, uh, landmark, country, things like that. All you have to do is tell me that place. And as long as you are correct, you will keep up with Carmen Sandiego. And the idea being that for each one that you get right, uh, you get more points. So when I did it live, each question that the, the teams would get right, they would be worth more points towards the end. Uh, and the way that I did it virtually was uh, if they kept up with her for uh, certain checkpoints, kind of like who wants to be a millionaire. So as long as they made it to five questions, they got five points, you know, things like that. But okay. for our purposes tonight, I'm just going to read you these 10. And as long as you don't get one wrong, you will reach the end and you will know where Carmen Sandiego is hiding. Uh, and you will be able to bring her to justice for the theft of the Cloud Gate uh, sculpture from <laughs> Chicago. So keep it. Yeah. yeah pre previously, before this, I'd asked a question about Chicago. So that's where we start. Your very first clue is that after absconding with the sculpture, affectionately known as the Bean, Carmen decides to hide out in the U.S. city, nicknamed Beantown. Okay. Tipster. W why are you looking at me? Because, <laughs> yeah, come on. Corey and I, we're starting this, off easy. So yeah, this, this is, is a, just like the Vince McMahon question. Yeah, this is we'll easy. It's uh, okay, so Beantown. Um, Instigate for most Americans. Yeah, not for British racist, people, not for Antarctic penguins either. <laughs> um, uh, oh God, okay. Let's have a think. Uh, right, so uh, where were baked beans made popular in America? There's a, there's a modifier in front of baked beans. What is that modifier? It's blank baked beans. What do you mean blank? <laughs> yeah, that we we took your thing and we made it our thing by adding a location in front of baked beans. Okay, and we made so it better. It it exactly. likely begins with a B then. Yes. Um, so uh, cities beginning with B, um, Baltimore. Uh, oh, Boca oh, Raton. wait, is this place known for a tea party? Maybe. Okay, is it Boston? <laughs> it is Boston. Okay. It is Boston. Rouge baked beans. <laughs> indeed indeed the very first question of course starting off our acme detectives with something simple bean town of course boston correct number two hoping to disappear into the city's 21.3 million residents carmen charters a flight across the atlantic and flees to the largest city in nigeria i okay. feel like this is a trivia staple right yes is is this the 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 biggest population city on the Atlantic, if I remember correctly, <laughs> I, I believe so. Okay. Um, now, I am I'm getting mixed up between two places because are you largest by population or by like area? What are we? By population, I'm pretty sure it's oh twenty one point three million. Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah, never yeah. Mind. yeah. Um, uh, and it's oh god, is it 
Does it have a G or doesn't it have a G? It has a G in the middle. It, it does yeah, I was about to say, like, I get mixed up between the two all the time. Um, th- this would be Lagos? Lagos is your correct answer. You have you have followed her to two different places. Quick tangent. I heard Lagos as well as Lagos, and I don't know if that's know, it's like Lego. Uh, English. They, you don't pluralize it with us. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other trivia fact I just realized that the other thing I was thinking of was not a city oh. uh, which is fine so <laughs> it's okay but yeah you guys have you guys have kept up with her for two places two, two hops let's do three barely barely escaping capture in Lagos Carmen boards a boat and travels to a Spanish archipelago that takes its name from a type of animal but not the one you might assume Okay. Wolf, wolf. The uh, Canary Islands, which are named for the dog. That is Canine. correct. Canine. Yeah, Islands. it's it comes from dogs, not the birds. Canary. Although, oh. uh, I don't know if canaries came from that island. Canaries that were named thing. for the I, the birds were named for the island. Oh, I actually, go. yeah, I did a huge deep dive on this one time. Spent like six hours on it, and then. <laughs> forgot like all of it except the whole dog not bird thing so, so do you know do you know why they called it dog island because there's no dogs on it is it because it's shaped like a dog nope. <laughs> is it because uh uh they wanted to insult the local like royal person nope there's no one on okay. the island i'm pretty sure it was because the sea lions around the island reminded them of of sea dogs, dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay they're just big old sea so, dogs. so what you're telling me is canaries are sea dog birds <laughs> yes uh, from a very roundabout way yes okay so all right we're in the canary islands now. yeah you're in the canary islands moving on following her trail traveling to the mainland carmen lays low in a small double landlocked country luckily she has some swiss francs left over from her previous trip to europe Wait, is this a... Aren't there only, like, a, a handful of double landlocked countries? Yes. Um, yeah. So, yes. is it Liechtenstein? 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 That is. The, the, the other one is one what of are the, the stands. Uh, oh. But that one's uh, in Europe? or It no, could yeah, be no, Switzerland. No, that, would be, that would be Asia. So, yeah, I'd go with Liechtenstein. Wait, no, oh, it's wait, not wait, Switzerland. Switzerland's you, on no, there. No, you wouldn't say Swiss Franks and have the answer be Switzerland. I, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, have you have you met some of the hosts on this podcast? I mean, like, now it's relative, right? Like, is Switzerland small? I guess it is. Yeah. But compared to Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. Okay, Lichten- let me think. Is it not is... Lichtenstein? That's how they pronounce it in the. Well, uh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Very historically accurate <laughs> movie. Uh, a Knight's Tale? <laughs> is yes. that where it's from? Yes, the highly <laughs> accurate. Okay, well, okay. for starters, Switzerland is not doubly landlocked. So I don't think is it's it? Switzerland. Because Switzerland okay. touches France or Italy, right? So. Oh, right. Yeah, shoot. It's got to be right. doubly landlocked. Yeah, so. Lit. Li- 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 Lichtenstein. There we go. Lick. So I will finally pronounce it the third time I said it. <laughs> <sighs> We're locking yes. it in, Jeff. Is it right? Lichtenstein is the correct answer. Yeah, oh, they. I have been pronouncing it wrong 
all my life. Yeah, they, they don't use the euro. They're not part of the eurozone. They use Swiss francs. So well done. And it is, it is. Um, there might be another one in Europe, but that's the, when you hear double landlocked in Europe, that's the one that they're generally talking about. Yeah. Okay, next up is this one. Figuring that she may as well plan a future heist while she has time, Carmen travels to Moscow to case a famously colorful cathedral. Oh, I'm no. I I can picture it. I I'm ninety percent sure I'm picturing the right one, but I can't remember the name. So yeah, I mean, it's the one with the onion. Don't no, it's yeah. not the one with the onion. Don't we think? Is it not? It? That's the one I'm picturing. I thought it was Saint Petersburg. <laughs> well, but. no. Is this is this the one? Is this like the one the... that's on Red Square? With the colorful onion domes. That's yeah, the, with like the, the blue of? and the green, and they're all like swirly, and it looks. Yeah, like this a... is the yeah. That's the one on Red Square. It's um. Oh, I don't know what it's called. Uh, Saint Basil's. Saint Basil's is correct. Yeah. Saint Vasily or Saint Basil's Cathedral is your correct answer nice. for that one. Um, that one was one, two, three, four, five. That was the final cutoff point. So if uh players had gotten all of those right up to that point they would get some bonus points because they are still on the trail of carmen san diego but let's continue with number six deciding that stealing saint basil's cathedral is too small time carmen goes on holiday to the country that is home to the largest religious monument in the world a 400 acre complex of buddhist temples now for the players i asked them for either the country or the uh, landmark itself, but I want you guys to give me both. Praise oh. the sun. That's Angkor Wat. In right? Cambodia, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yes. Angkor Wat in Cambodia is where she went on holiday as a subtle extra hint for people like me who like <laughs> punk rock music. in Cambodia. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our next one, which is this. Uh, with the authorities catching up with her, Carmen decides to hide out in the largest city on the western coast of Australia. Ooh, I like uh, this. Because it's not one? Melbourne, it's not Sydney, it's the other Is ones. It... You said Perth? That's what I was thinking. Where's Queensland? Uh, wait, at? wait, wait, what? Left. Left, left, <laughs> left, left, left coast. Side. Okay. Yeah, Sydney and Melbourne <laughs> are on the right side. So I think it's Perth on the left side. Yeah. I, 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 Perth is definitely on the left. Um, uh, I'd say Perth. Perth sounds good. Perth I is correct. You. I swear, if you say Wollongong now, no. <laughs> um, when you're, yeah, when you're looking at Australia, almost everything is on the east coast. There's Darwin on the north coast and Perth on the west coast. So, of, of course, there's other cities as well, but those are the the well-known larger cities on those coasts. Um, okay, number the next one, number eight <laughs> is this one. <laughs> From Perth, Carmen stows away on a cargo ship headed northwest through the Suez Canal. Unfortunately, the canal was blocked, so the ship had to turn around, <laughs> heading instead for a country formerly known as Ceylon. Did you oh, this recently? Yeah, this when this so uh, good. when this plays in May nineteenth, uh, not going to be as pertinent that Suez Canal was blocked for as long as it was. That's but funny though, I guess it, yeah, it makes geographical sense, right? You try to go there, you have to go back out. Yeah. Here. So, so where are you going? You're going to Ceylon, also known as possibly the home of some of the best cricketers in the world. And the West Indies is not actually no. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow, he was talking okay. about New York. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Okay. 
Yeah, all the we're all just trying to make jump from New York. Cricketers? Yeah, yeah sure, whatever. <laughs> if that's if that's a sport, then they probably come from New York. That's yeah. That I. <laughs> I'm actually intrigued to see if there is a New York cricket team and how they're doing. Dipster. Uh, it's Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is mm. correct. That is formerly known as Ceylon. That is a. A, uh, a very well-known trivia nugget. Uh, next up, question nine. You guys are almost there. Let's see if nine throws you off. From one island country to another, Carmen hops on a plane and flies to the country whose flag is known as the Broken Trident. Bonus, flying fish. And cuckoo is Carmen's Ooh. favorite dish. Is this... Uh... The fried flying fish sounds so familiar. Uh, well, Broken Trident, I'm fairly sure that that's um, the place that Rihanna is from? Barbados? So it is Barbados. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Barbados is your correct answer. That um, flying fish, uh, fried flying fish and cuckoo uh, is one of their national dishes, and their flag very famously portrays a trident that I did not know until I researched a little more is broken. It's not a full trident, it's just the a bit of the stake and the spear. Uh, because their former flag, when they were a colony, had a full trident on it. And when they declared independence, uh, they featured a broken trident so, to them. Represented. So was it a tine is broken or is it the shaft? No, it's the, the shaft it's itself. The shaft. Yeah, yeah okay. so the, the three, the pitch or the, the pokey bits are still intact. Okay. But the, <laughs> it's the, like a very the, short the, trident. Yes, yeah. so very now short, the short trident. Now there's one more pokey bit on the other end. <laughs> yes. Now yeah, it's yeah. a more versatile weapon. <laughs> yeah. All right. And finally, your 10th clue is this one. It is a note left to you by Carmen uh, trying to give you clues as to her final location. So, dear Acme CrimeNet agents, I've had, a blast <laughs> I've had a blast leading you around the world, but I'm growing tired of the chase. If you want to catch me, you will have to travel to the meeting place and climb to the top of a monumental volcanic crater. Because of COVID-19 restrictions, there shouldn't be too many haloe, so I should have the pillboxes to myself. Signed, Carmen. So if you can tell me that, where she might be hiding, you will the catch Carmen San Diego. Oh my goodness. Haloe. What the hell wait, is haloe? Wait, 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 wait. That sounds... That sounds Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Yeah. And there is... What's the volcano in Hawaii? And they... The meeting place... Isn't isn't this a I fairly thought. common trivia question? The the if volcano. A, in I don't Hawaii? remember if it's like one of the island names or just one of the big volcano. But like that's the the name translates to the meeting place. Um, okay, is that Honolulu? No, I... he wants the volcanic crater, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it would yes, be the I volcano. Do. I don't actually know what the question is. It says you'll have to travel to the meeting place and climb to the top of a monumental volcanic crater. So do you want the name of the volcano or do you want like what place is the meeting place? So you'd have to travel to the meeting place and then climb the monumental volcanic crater that is in the meeting place. So telling me so Honolulu, meeting... if you think that that's what that means, is not correct. You need okay. the place so of want the, the of the where volcano. she'd be hiding. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that. It, I think that the meeting place is the translation of one of the Hawaiian island names. I don't okay. remember which uh, one. But then, what? It, what are the big volcanoes there? 
like monogatia. I'm hoping this isn't the active or... one right now. Just <laughs> because... a, a quick clarification for you, uh, just so you don't get too turned around. Uh, Honolulu is a city on the island of Oahu. That's right. Yeah. So don't th- don't think volcanoes well, in the... regards to islands. Think of volcanic craters in regards to Honolulu. If you think that that's what the meeting place means. As he winks knowingly, because you guys are on the right trail. Just got to get okay. it. Okay. So Did I pull volcano. the correct one out of my ass? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, the... is it Mount Loa? Mauna Loa, the... Mauna Kea. Aren't those? It's not Kia. It's, if it's, it's not Kia. So if it's one of Mauna Kea or Mauna Loa, it's Mauna Loa. Okay. That's, that's the but I don't know if that, that means meeting place, because... Well, uh, so the that volcanic sounds... crater itself. Well, no, I think it's Honolulu means the meeting place. Okay. And so it would be an a a volcano, volcano. in or near Honolulu. Okay. Honolulu. And I mon, mana as a prefix was sticking out. So if you think it's Mauna Loa, I am. I'm yeah, okay I like Mauna Loa better than Mauna Kea. Oh, yeah, I like Mauna Loa. I think that's one near Honolulu, right? That's one Oahu. I've never actually been Hawaii, so. It's a bit difficult you, for me. Are but... you locking in with Mauna Loa? Yeah, let's do Mauna Loa. I think it's the more famous of the two between Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea. So, Don't Mauna Loa, Mauna its name means, uh, well, anytime you hear Mauna, it means mountain. So, any yeah. of their mountains. So, Mauna Loa means long mountain. Uh, and it is the large volcano that makes up the big island. It is not on Oahu. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> the, so, you guys followed a lot of the clues. Haloe uh, is... Uh, Hawaiian for visitor or foreigner or tourist. Uh, the meeting okay. place is indeed the uh, translation of Honolulu. Wait, don't and say the answer the... yet. Do, do, okay. Continue your spiel, but don't say the answer. I won't say the answer. I won't. Uh, right next to downtown Honolulu, there is a very large volcanic crater. It, I do not believe it's still an active volcano. It's just a really okay. big crater. Okay. And inside that crater, there's a ton of hiking trails oh. where you could hike up to the top of the ridge. And at the top of the ridge... There are, I believe, two World War II era pillboxes that they used as lookout locations mm-hmm. uh, that they would survey the Pacific theater of war. They could see things coming. So the large volcanic crater with the pillboxes from World War II that would be free of Haloe because of COVID-19 restrictions that is right near the meeting place in Honolulu. Should I say it yet, Corey? No, I, yeah, I, I was thinking, I remember the other one was uh, Kilaea, but that's an active one too, so yeah, that, it, so the, I have no idea. Yeah, this one, surprisingly, not in, uh, it, I didn't, or it's not known by its Hawaiian name. This is the monument Diamond Head. Diamond Head is the name of that very, very oh, large crater that's part of I, the, yeah, it, it's literally Honolulu like ends and then Diamond Head happens, so it's kind of part of the 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 skyline when you're looking at the city it's this it's this big mountain-esque kind of ring um that uh is a it's gorgeous and b it's a ton of fun to hike it is definitely a way up but uh this being the final one this of course would probably be the hardest because diamond head is not a super well-known monument Mm. but i will say uh when i ran this uh a few weeks ago uh, only one team did end up catching Carmen San Diego. Uh, it's so, a it's a tough one. You said Diamond Head. Yeah, Diamond Head is the name I, of it. It's I it's think on, that's tough. 
Yeah, it's yeah. No, that was it is, that was tough. But I I, I want to say I am so stoked that I got Honolulu, the Honolulu part, <laughs> right? Because geography is a huge. Uh, I'm I'm not good at geography. That, that's that's the category where I sit back and usually let the rest of the people <laughs> jump and in. Let your teammates carry you. Yeah, but but yeah. Uh, but that's the the round is built to function in that way, so that the the closer you get to the end, the or rather the closer you get to the uh, the checkpoints, quote unquote. There's a harder question that'll try to knock you out. Um, but needless to say, Carmen escaped with the bean. She kept Chicago's cloud gates. And well, depending you know on what? who you Fuck ask in beans, Chicago, so. I mean, yeah, we were oh. in Honolulu. How hard could it be to see a lady <laughs> oh, with a red yeah. trench coat on a beach <laughs> and a giant oh, bean? There's a very oh, large. Boy. There's a very large bean on top of that volcanic yeah. crater. I wonder what's wait, going on. We could probably wait, find is, it. is 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 the bean a Nish Kapoor's thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. we're not going to miss that. Do you know what? Fine. Carmen can have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the 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 original or the official name is Cloudgate. Cloudgate. It's actually very yeah. cool to see it in person when you walk up close to it, and it reflects uh, reflects you all in kinds of crazy there, ways. But there have been uh, it is very touristy and kind of a pain <laughs> in the ass to get around sometimes. There have been Kapoor is a campaigns dick. to Windex that yeah. thing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, who, but well, who well done, was guys. It Stuart Semple that's always uh, yes trolling. I fucking love him. Love him so, so much. So, long story short, uh, Anish Kapoor copyrighted um, uh, Vanta Black. Black. The, yeah, Vanta the Black. Dark, the, the, the blackest black that has ever uh, been been made, which is also radioactive, but, you know, fine. Yeah. Um, and then Stuart Semple went, art should be free. I'm going to make one and make it freely available. As long as you sign a document that says that you aren't Anish Kapoor, you can <laughs> have it for a small fee. Didn't, uh, that, didn't that same guy also make like the pinkest pink? Yes. Pinkest pink. Um, and the and... glitteriest glitter. Yep. Yeah, and a few other things. I've, I've actually contemplated buying some of his stuff uh, from time to time, but I've never quite pulled the trigger because i don't know what i would do with it yeah i don't i don't i don't personally have a use for it Uh, i really want to support him (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) well that was a good round i really enjoyed that um again as somebody who where, where geography is not a strong suit of mine there was enough early on where i felt confident enough to be part of the conversation um and even the ones that I had no idea, they were well written, and I enjoyed it. So I I love that round, Jeff. Yeah, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, it's it's a nice it's a nice twist on uh, a a geography round. Um, I yeah. I I'm honestly possibly gonna <laughs> steal it at some point. I'm I'm gonna make like Carmen San Diego with your idea. <laughs> Uh, that's that's perfectly oh, no. acceptable. Tipster has stolen Jeff's trivia question. <laughs> I, where, will, I will track him to the where, uh, Antarctic uh, Ocean. You... I will lure him out with tea. Damn well, it! My only weakness! Yeah, I don't know about y'all, because we're all in different time zones, but it is time for me to go make some dinner. So. How uh, do we, outros? How do we... How do we uh, 
How do we do? Quietly this? back out of this podcast. <laughs> what if we just gracefully exit? Left. Just no shout outs, no plugs. Just left. <laughs> Would anyone notice? Where do we go? Ooh, wait, speaking of sponsor cut, do we get to pick the sound? <laughs> I I would prefer, since we were bringing up LeVar Burton, can we have a sound from Star Trek Next Generation? Like the doors opening sound or the communicator beep? Or could we just do Butterflies in the Sky? Sounds science fiction-y. It, Anchor has like certain sounds that I just go in and I pick one at random. Oh, okay. Um, but I can I'll pick I can a science fiction one, sounds, one. Yeah. Or one okay, that guys. sounds like the reading rainbow theme song. <laughs> okay, yeah, I will try to find <laughs> a reading a a generic <laughs> non-DMCA reading rainbow, rainbow copy. Yep. They Take exist. Take a glance. Keep it Corey in can sing hands. it himself. It's not, it's, I, having, I take it back. having looked through production libraries and things like that when I used to do radio, they exist. Like things like that exist. I mean, not full-on filks, but yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs>